about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Uh, we uh, this is the longest we've gone without the message coming up quickly so it's quarter to 12 and I hopefully would be able to deliver what we need to do I'm going to go on this series right now and today will just be pure introduction pure introduction to what God wants to say to us at this particular time so just bear with me as we go that this the subject matter we will be dealing with over the next few weeks is what I call the conquest of faith we have had the contest of waiting. Now we want to talk about the conquest of faith. We've had the contest. Now we're talking about what? The conquest. So we we're talking about the conquests of faith. And I want you to follow me through the book of James in chapter 1. We'll use this for a few weeks. James chapter 1 and verse 2 to 3. I first using the Philip Bible, it says, listen carefully everyone, this is important. It says, when all kinds of trials, <laughs> we've just heard Christina say this, but listen to this carefully. It says, when all kinds of trials and temptation crowd, not a bit, they just crowd. This is the Bible now. When they crowd into your lives, my brothers, don't resent them as intruders. Mm -mm. but welcome them as friends. How? Is that not funny? It says, when, when, when all kinds of trials, trials, temptations, tribulations, when they cloud, like they're now a cloud, they're more than who you are. There's so many around you. They cloud into your life. It says, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. I'm not sure about that, but it says, Realize, this is what he's saying now. He says, realize that they come to you to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. Let's look at the Phillips Bible and let's look, let's, let's look at other translations there. It says, my fellows, there's another one. He says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. This is serious right now. He says, uh, when you're facing nothing, not like there's no joy, there's no good news, there's nothing happening to you. He says, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Let's look at another version. I think it's the Message Bible. It says, consider it sheer gifts, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Another version, I think the New King James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Now listen to me. Let me share this with you. Many people, including me, I want you to listen to this. I want to encourage you. It says, many people, including me, don't want trials and difficulties and temptations and even enemies. 
I, none of us, including me, I don't want trials, I don't want temptations, I don't want enemies, I don't want critics, I don't want people coming against me, I just want to be me. In fact, I did not want to be pastor. I didn't want to be the head pastor. No, because I didn't want people to criticize me. I didn't want the buck to stop with me. I enjoyed when I was an associate pastor. Enjoyed when somebody else was getting the flack. I was just walking underneath. Uh, I don't like enemies. I'm not sure if anyone here loves enemies. I don't like enemies. I don't like trials. I don't like temptations. I don't know, like when things are going bad for me because to everybody outside, it shows that something is wrong with me or something is not right or I've offended God. Many of us don't like that. But the above passage says that we should not see them, listen to me, we should not see them as intruders. And I'm like, I don't understand. When temptations, when trials, when difficulty comes into our lives, they are intruders. When, when someone comes into your house that you didn't invite and you don't really like, what exactly are they? They're intruders. When someone wants to come into your house and steal something from your house, what exactly are they? They're intruders. And temptations and trials and difficulties, they're all they want to do is to come and steal our joy. And the Bible is saying that we should not see them as intruders, but we should see them as friends. Mm. Intruders are enemies or agents that have simple, simply come to steal our joy. But the Bible says that we should count it joy when we fall into their hands. If we have our way, listen to me, we would challenge God why the devil is even still our enemy. Why, why, why did you create the devil? Why, what, what was God, what was wrong with you when the devil took a third of the angels? How could God, who sits in heaven, who is the king of kings, the lord of lords, who is the omnipotent, the all-knowing God, not know that the devil was about to cause a mutiny in heaven. Why did he create the devil? Has anyone not asked that question? And, I, and as much, listen to me carefully, as much as we don't want enemies, trials, and difficulties that can cause issues in our lives, the truth is that some enemies in Dabohosha are just created for your greatness. Ah, because without them, you will never reach your potential. This morning, we are faced with a different trial. And James calls them in this 20th century or 21st century, in this millennial uh, period, uh, my Genesis will call them. And I, I, I coined the claim. I didn't realize that it was already in the dictionary. I didn't really know. I just put there in my, in my stuff, I called them frenemies. And then I just went to check online. Is there anything called frenemy? And I found it there. Look at the, look at the definition. Frenemy is a person with whom one is friendly despite a fundamental dislike or rivalry. How many of you have frenemies? You got to rejoice right now. Because <laughs> they are frenemies all around. They're not enemies, but they are friends and enemies. I, 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 the James calls them frenemies. Frenemies. Having, listen to me guys, I want to encourage you today, no, no, no rebuke. If I can get through today without any rebuke, the Lord is, is highly to be praised. In fact, I won't because I love people to be in church. 
James called trials, temptations, difficulties, frenemies. He says, consider them as friends. Isn't that a bit funny? But let me say this to you. Having no enemies or having no enemy is more dangerous than having an enemy. Let me repeat this again. Having no enemies is more dangerous than having an enemy. And this is where I've lost 25% of my audience right now. <laughs> Some enemies actually become good allies. Listen to me. I want to encourage somebody who is fighting with someone around them. Who is fighting with trials and temptations? Who is fighting with difficulties? Who finds you fighting with financial stuff? Who is fighting with God? That God, why are you allowing people to do this in my life? Listen to me. David's promotion was within the enemy of Goliath. David's kingship was in the frenemy of Saul. If Saul was not there, David would not be king. Ah. Joseph's prime ministerial appointment was tied down to the enemies of his brothers. Ah, for some of you who don't want enemies, these enemies are the ones that are going to take you to the throne. Salvation was found in the enemy of Judas. And, and without a Haman, there would never be a Mordecai. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? So, what we call enemies are actually friends of progress. And most of the time, many of us, we run from them and you do not realize that running from these frenemies means that you're running from your destiny. Because if David, if Joseph, if Mordecai was all running away from Goliath in their lives, they would never be where they should be. The, the, the book of James says you need these things in your life. Trying to tell God, listen to me, listen to these funny prayers. Trying to tell God to kill them when they have not fulfilled the purpose. Or the greatness is shortchanging your life. God, kill my enemies. I send an arrow to kill them right now. You're, you're lying to yourself. Because Saul did not die, but David was still alive. David was alive long after Saul died. And God is saying to us that these trials and these temptations are not there to kill us, but they're there to promote us. Psalm 23 verse 5, we read it so many times. He says, he sets a table in the midst of my friends. He sets a table in the midst of my what? But what does he do while you're sitting in front of your enemies? What does he do? He anoints you with fresh oil. Let, let's look at what the message is. It says, you serve me a sixth course. Oh, 
Uh, so, so, so it's not a quick meal. My enemies must see my gradual process. So when I first take some lobster, just, just, just as a taster, and then I leave the lobster, and then, 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 then they now bring some, some, some chicken satay, and you understand, and they, and, 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 they, and they bring it on the table, and my enemies, is like you have a dog, and the dog is looking, mm, and then you finish the, finish the, and then they now bring the first course, you understand, and they just bring some nice uh, Chinese rice with, with some, with some lovely, lovely um, chisel, uh, sizzling uh, uh, meat and all that kind of, and everything is going in different ways and those lobsters are also big and very nice and you're eating and the enemy is still looking at you and then when you finish they said do you need anything else? Yes, just bring me some ice cream and bring me some nice good ice cream and some, 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 some great bread and then you have that with it and then you finish and then you have now have a bottle of, 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 of non-alcoholic wine uh, and you add it to it. It says a six course. You know why it's giving you a six course? Because he doesn't want you to rush your progress. In front of my enemies, he says, you revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. I want to encourage someone today that if God does not remove our enemies now, but allows them to criticize, allows them to persecute, and seeks to those who seek to destroy us, he must have a purpose for our life for keeping them there. That boss at work that you think is your enemy is actually your frenemy. He's a frenemy. Listen to me. A smooth sea never makes a skilled sailor. Scripture shows that this is true because persecution produces perseverance which produces character and that produces hope. Listen to me carefully. Where I am today, where my wife and I are today, is by my applause to my frenemies. Because we look back and we feel that if I wasn't persecuted, I'm probably unceremoniously kicked out. Where they said they're praying for me because I'm going to go and start a church. I'm going to say this publicly. And I wasn't starting no church. If I hadn't been kicked out unceremoniously, there would be no worship tabernacle and I wouldn't have fulfilled destiny today. But I remember when they kicked me out, when I served that place for six, seven years, or eight years, more than that, and then I just married in August, and by December I had no church, no job, no life, and I was crying at McDonald's, at uh, Backing Road, just packed my car and cried. You know, there's a time, <laughs> but there's a one way. <laughs> I cried because I'm not telling you that frenemies are good. It doesn't make you feel good. I cried. I didn't know what else I'm going to do. I didn't know where I'm going to do. I don't know what church I'm going to do. But I knew that God told me clearly, don't start now. Because if you start now, you will have another replica of the church you're coming from. And in the process of that, was, was I not at home one day saying, God, what am I going to do? A friend walks into the house, knocks on the door, says to my wife, he's hungry. 7 a.m., how can you get hungry 7 a.m. in the morning? He I sat down. He ate some, what was it that he ate? It was one of those massive things. Huh? Something like Eba, you know, that, 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 that big Nigerian delicacy. In the early in the morning, some people have a 
tummy for some such things. Finish my, and somehow, somehow, my wife graciously, as she always does, prepare the food for him. He ate it, he finished eating, and then he looks at me and says, Hey, you! Now, what do you want to do? You have no job. You have, no, you have a job that's a, not a job. Now they've kicked you out of job. So what do you want to do? And I kind of was just saying to somebody I considered a fool eating early in the morning, like, uh, I don't know what you asked. Say, what do you want to do now? Got to make up your mind. Are you starting a church? I said, no. So, so what do you want to do? And I said to him, I said, maybe I should go and do my master's in microbiology. He says, master's. He says, and then after that, what are you going to do? He says, said, then I'll do my doctorate. He said, doctorate. He says, is there anything else? I said, you know, I always like IT. He says, go do IT. Because when God is going to call you to start what he wants to start, you will not be stuck in a program. I said, but I don't have the money. And then he wrote a check of 500 pounds, just like that. Go get a course. Go do what you want to do. That's how I ended up in Microsoft. You need your frenemies. Those things that you think are bad, those trials, those difficulties, those critics, you need them. Because they are going to take you to where you need to go. And the rest is history. And yes, after three years in IT, God said it's time. And I'm sure that I would probably have just been finishing my master's or just starting my doctorate program. And I wouldn't have heeded to the voice of God. Because even when you're in the valley, God will still send helpers to you right now. Are you hearing me at home? Are you hearing me? God is going to send helpers. He's never going to leave you in the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will be with you. Somebody's looking at me and saying, Pastor, what are you talk- talking about? I'm talking about the benefits of intruders. I'm talking about the benefits of difficulties. I'm talking about the benefits of enemies. Let me give you six or five benefits why you need your enemies. Ay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not anywhere near. This is just introduction. Let me give you six. Number one, enemies exposes your weakness. Enemies expose your weaknesses and challenges your limits consistently. An enemy is a competitor that helps you create a standard to strive towards. <laughs> when you say, I am not going down here, you raise your standards. When you say, I am God, I am going to wake up the following morning, you raise a standard. No matter what blood clot is affecting you, no matter how much you can't breathe, when you say, God, I am going to wake up tomorrow morning, you set up a standard. It it allows you to know I'm weak right now, but I need to push beyond my weakness. The enemies allow you to push beyond the weakness. It allows David to run into the secret place of the Most High. It allows David to say that, in fact, I know that you want to kill me, but I know the promise of God upon my life. Number two, let me give you. Enemies tell us what we need to hear. (laughs) Friends do not like to point out our mistakes. Where else an enemy's delight is to show our fault to us. However, we do not like to listen to our enemies. We want to listen to our friends. But most of our friends often lack the boldness to confront us. That's why many people don't grow. You know why you don't grow? Because all those who are around you are either beneath you, you're either feeding them, or those who are around you are always those that I'm not sure if I can use the word, that S up to you. 
Is that the right word? That, 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 that just love you. That just, you know, it's not a curse word, isn't it? That sucks up to you. You know, yeah. If it is, forgive me. God bless you. Sorry. Sorry. I can't find any other word. That just, that just, that, that, that. Forgive me on, on, on online. Please, please, please. Yeah, yeah. It is a swear word. I ask you to forgive me. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, nowadays online is so online. Uh, so, so, so I've asked for your forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, delete it. So enemies are the ones who just like to prop you up. Yeah. Oh, friends are the ones who like to prop. My wife is saying that that's, better, that's a better word. <laughs> See, they, 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 they prop you up. They, they tell you what you want to hear to feel good, but not what you need to hear. Number three. Enemies brings out your strength. A clear benefit of having these intruders, or what I call these frenemies, you understand, is that adversity tends to make you stronger and move you towards what you have committed yourself to do. You have no idea when you're in competition with those who want to pull you down. Something just comes up on the inside of you like, you know what, I will show you. Whether bad or not, you just want to say, I am not going down. Your enemies, they, 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 they bring out your strength. Although they expose your weaknesses, but they also bring out your strength. Paul had enemies. He says, there are so many enemies around us. God has opened a door for me, but there are so many enemies. It just shows you what strength you have. It may stretch you to the limits, but you're coming out of it. Let me give you another one. Enemies or frenemies show our approval. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Having frenemies or enemies show you are truly walking on the path that you believe in for whatever cause it may be. When we were about to buy this property, there were so many things that came against us. So many. And to a person who is weak, you would say, maybe it's not of God. Did I pray? Did I not pray? No. Each time, there was something that was rising up on the inside of me. And the full deal of this property was done on the pub over the road that I've never entered in since then. How do you deal, do a deal in a pub? Many of you, when they said, let's meet in the pub, you say, God forbid it. Ah, me, Christian, ah, never. I don't care. Even if you go into the lion's den, I will go there, so far you will sign. The pub doesn't make, what is outside doesn't make me unrighteous. It's what is on the inside. And many of us do not know that the enemies, they actually show your approval. The fact that this difficulty is coming against you doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. Sometimes it indicates that you're on the right path. Because I've yet to find anyone in the Bible who walked the path of righteousness that did not face difficulty. The Bible didn't say wide is the place. He says narrow is the place for those who walk the path of righteousness. He says they will even persecute you for righteousness sake. It's an approval that God's hands is upon me. David running through all the, the, the mountains. David running from his enemies. David running from Saul. Some people would say, maybe it is God hasn't called him. No, it is a sure approval 
that God has called you for what you're doing. So let me encourage somebody today. Watching me online, if you have a difficulty in your life, if you're facing trials, don't think God has abandoned you. Sometimes it's a sure indication that you're on the right path. Let me give you number five. Enemies make you trust God. In fact, because you have enemies, it teaches you that you can be happy and whole without needing anyone. How many people are on your Facebook? If you have more than five, the rest of them are acquaintances. And we applaud them. Because many of us thrive in how many people like us without recognizing that sometimes God is going to isolate you to promote you. And sometimes we've got to recognize that our, when enemies come against us, it makes us trust God. I remember there was a time in this church that everything was caving in on me. Everything, financial, physical. The moment we got this building, it looked like what on earth have we just done? The moment we got the building, the moment we walked into this building, enemies came out. But the enemies drove me to my knees here. I came on my knees and I said, God, I'm tired. Why me? The period where I supposed to enjoy the most victory was the period when I was so sad and exhausted. And God said, you never trusted me. I'm like, God, okay. I give up right now. I'm going to start from the scratch. And so as we walked into the building, I just, I just removed everything that was before me. And I said, we're going to start from the scratch. If God, and this is the thing about God, if God can bring you this far, you can start again and he can take you that far. Yes. Yes. God can bring you this far. The, the reason why you acquire strength is because you've gone through the valley of the shadow of death. The reason why you can get strength is because you've gone through the gym. The reason why to buy your second property is not a big problem as when you bought your first one is because you've done it before. And so if you're, if you, if, if you're buying a property right now and you're facing difficulties on track, they're frenemies. They're frenemies. That, that, that fool that is behind the other land that just needs to press a button to press it is a frenemy. You'll be able to teach others, ah, don't worry, don't worry. Ah, ah, I've been through that path, that path before. You're, 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 you're growing up by yourself. There's no friend, there's no father, there's no mother. It makes you strong. Sometimes, even my generation are more stronger than the younger generation because in our generation, there was nobody. All we had was frenemies, frenemies of uh, racism, frenemies of no job, frenemies of, 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 of no food, frenemies of, of, of no house. So if we mess up, you're on the streets. And the, the only thing that gave us strength was we knew we are not going to go on the streets. Whatever it takes, it takes. Why you thought I was stupid, you, your, you didn't realize that your stupidity was my promotion. You think you were cheating me, but each time you felt you were cheating me, God was lifting me because my focus was not on my enemy. My focus was on what God was going to do through me. Ah, I'm going to have to conclude on this. I will pick this up next week. You, know, I said, you haven't even got to faith. Yes, but it's the trial of your faith. Let me conclude by saying something. James was saying, James, the book of James here, he was saying, you know what? 
It's good to have enemies. James was saying it's good to have enemies who are now friends. Because they're not your enemies, they're your frenemies. That guy that ditched you was your frenemy. That girl that ghosted you was your frenemy. They had to ghost you so that you will go from obscurity to prominence. That, that disappointment in that relationship is not supposed to kill you. It's supposed to make you stronger. That, that, that disappointment is because God has a better appointment for you. Ask those who have married 23, 30 and all that. It's not the first person they went out and they married. No, we were slapped left, right and center. How many nails did we get? Some were five, some were nine inches. You know, that's, that means when you get a rejection, they call it, they nailed you. So, 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 so some nails were like Jesus, the one they put on him. Both arms were crucified. I was crucified. They put my legs and put my head on it too. Everything was just, it was just, was just that, that bad. But I came out of it. I came out of it because God was setting me up for a good thing. God actually said to me uh, uh, years ago, he says, can you now see that I saw before you saw? That what you looked at the disappointment, God was saying, this person cannot take you to where you're going. Or they may go with you and then they will fall by the wayside. God knew that your marriage is not about you, but about destinies of young people that I'm going to bring to you. And many times I want somebody at home look at themselves and say, it's not about me. What I'm going through is not about me. That young boy that, was, that, that couldn't see, or that young boy that was part of Jesus said, it's not sin. It's not your sin. It's because there's something that is glorious that God is preparing for you. And when the glory of God will appear, nobody will be able to contest it. All they will just see is that they will sit around the table while you are eating the spoils of what God has given you. And I want someone to rejoice and know that it's not about what you have done. But what God wants to do through you. James, said, James was saying, it's good to have an enemy sometimes. But what matters is for you to keep yourself in check. And make sure that the competition does not take an ugly or a violent turn. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Make sure it does not make you the enemy. <laughs> Because many of us face trials, temptations, intruders, and difficulties, and critics, and then we also become the enemy. And you really don't want them to be sitting at the table, and you are the one that is the midst of the enemy. He, 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 Pastor, I, I really don't understand. Let me give you scripture. If David did not allow bitterness to leave him, he would have killed Saul. And become an enemy of God. If Joseph, when they came to him, said, So what are you going to do? He says, Guys, why do you fear? Nah, nah. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. I'm in a better position right now. And if God hadn't used you to kick me out, to go to the pit, to go to the prison, and then reach the palace, the whole of Israel would have been wiped out. God, he says God used it for pre preservation. But if we're not careful, sometimes we become bitter with man and bitter with God, and then we become the enemy. 
Make sure you don't become the enemy. Make sure you're not bitter. Sometimes the greatest lesson to learn with your enemies is the art of forgiveness. Somebody is missing the point right now. I do not mean that having enemies is pleasant. No, 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 no. But they can be easier to endure and we can keep and can keep us from becoming bitter if we understand our place in their lives. If enemies do not repent, they will pay a heavy price in eternity for what they do to us. But we can use them to our advantage, which God wants to do. And you've got to be able to understand that. How? And I'm going to close on this and then pick it up next week. So how, how, pastor, do we beat this frenemy? How? That's why I'm going to take you through a series of messages I've studied that I'm calling the conquest of faith. A faith that works when life doesn't. A faith that doesn't work when life doesn't work is worthless. A faith that doesn't work when life doesn't work is worthless. But this is a faith that works when life doesn't work. How do I deal with my frenemies when exactly they are just there to destroy me? And going back to our scripture, the Bible says the only reason why they're in your life is just to test your faith. So, Pastor, what are you saying today? God is saying that the goal of faith is to work it out when everything else fails. I want you to understand this. Let me wrap it up clean and pick it up next week. Whatever you're going through is not because you've done something wrong. And even if you have done something wrong that produces a trial, it is to, is able, its purpose is not to bring you down because of the mercy of God. It is to promote you. Many people you're running away from, you should endure them. Because they're there to promote you. Don't run from Goliath. Run to Goliath. You never deal with a bully running from the bully. You deal with a bully by bullying the bully. I have never seen anyone who ran from a bully and, is, and conquers. You stand in front of the bully and you defeat the bully. I've said this story so many times in, in, in Washington Tabernacle about my senior brother who came to London from Nigeria when we were still young. We were born here. He was born over there. So they had to bring him to London. And when they brought him to London, he probably was five or six. He didn't understand a word of English at all. God bless his soul. And so we were in St. Peter's school, Vauxhall. And I turned by that night. And there was this guy called Julian. Julian would beat us every single lunch break. 
you know when you're looking forward to the beating? And we were five. Bullying starts very early. And we were five. And every time we come out to the playground, here is Julian. Big, robust. And sometimes he would take our lunch. And Julian was able to defeat two of us. Because we keep running from the bully. Now here we have my senior brother who just came in and they brought him to the school. Remember, he doesn't care a word of English. He says, try it. So here comes Kumi and here comes Julian. So we walked into school on this blessed day. We went out on the playground and we knew Julian was coming. The only thing he forgot and the only thing he didn't realize that God was cooking a senior brother behind us. And we didn't tell him anything because we couldn't communicate properly. But this lunch break, there's always a day when God will arise and the enemies will be scattered. <laughs> there's just one day when there will be a day of reckoning. And this happened to be the day. Julian came towards us. We were coming out with my senior brother. And he punched my twin brother. And as he punched my twin brother, all I heard is, eh? That's all I heard was, eh? And then from the back he came, and the only thing they know where they come from is once you can pick someone up, just slamming on the ground. So he picks this Julian up, probably twice his size, slammed him on the ground, and we says, no, 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 but because he didn't hear English, he thought we were saying, yes, 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 yes. So he kept plumbing Julian. He beat Julian to a pulp. So when the teachers came and dragged him, he just came so he doesn't understand. He kept beating them and beating. As they were dragging him, he was tapping on him. That was the last day Julian attempted to visit her habitation. It was the end of the story. So when we now appear, the difference now is we were ordinary boys in an ordinary school. But when we had our mafia boss behind us, whenever we appear on the playground, the people who never select us to play football, we said, do you want to play? Do you want to play? Because if you... <laughs> he would just come, he would pick up the ball, and he would dictate who plays. He would say, can you play here? Ty, you play here. Does anyone else want to play? If they say no, they will get a beating. If they say yes, they will become his friends. Julian disappeared. I, don't, I can't even remember if he ever came out for lunch anymore. We, we confined him to the prison of a classroom. By not running from him. Now, uh, somebody will put on there, are you advocating uh, violence? No, I'm just talking about what happened in my life. But from then on, the Lord delivered us. What I'm saying to you, in essence, by using that story, is don't let the devil run you out of town. Stand your ground. Don't let the devil deceive you that you are the one that's making the mistake. Stand your ground. Because those enemies are not there to kill you. They're just there to see when God will set that table of greatness before you in the midst of your enemies. I hope you got something from it this afternoon. God bless you.
So I want you to bow your heads and I want you to pray. I know somebody might be going through a difficult time. I know that the news is not that nice. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know some frenemies are actually a job loss. No, some frenemies are actually that they're about to make some people redundant. And I know some frenemies are probably issues going on in your home, in your life. I know one of the enemies that I can call a frenemy may be depression. But I want you to recognize these things that I'm saying to you as you pray. They will make you to trust God. It shows that God has approved you. It shows that you're hearing a different sound to make you stronger. I want you to start to hear the sound of the voice of God. I want you to pray. I want you, don't want you to become the enemy with bitterness and unforgiveness. That man, that woman, that husband, that wife, that friends that you want to so much leave behind are the ones that God is using to develop endurance and perseverance for the journey that is ahead. You're too young to bow out. Pray and say to God, God, it is the month of my I am who is my breakthrough, not my breakdown. It is not a month of a breakdown. I want you to pray. And also those who may be watching me online, you haven't given your life to Jesus. How are you going to fight this battle when you don't have the offer of faith in your life? Jesus faced two enemies, more than that, but just two specific ones. He faced the enemy of the cross and he faced the enemy of betrayal. Judas betrayed him. He kissed him. That's a frenemy. Kissed him. And the kiss identified him as the one they're looking for. But Jesus still went on the cross. He says, God, forgive them. Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they're doing. That is somebody who used the enemy to get to his destiny. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, let Jesus come into your life right now because he's saying that those things that are against you are the things that are going to promote you. Jesus will give you a new perspective of life, a new lease of life. And if you've given your life to Jesus, but you've backslidden, but you just came online right now, why don't you start to pray and say, God, that person who betrayed me didn't betray me because they won over me, but they betrayed me because you want me to die on that cross of self so that I can be liberated to a place of greatness. And if you have never said this prayer before, giving your life to Jesus, say it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I give you my life right now. Father, save me. Help me. And I'll make you Lord and Savior over my life. In Jesus' precious name. And if you're going through a difficulty right now, if you're going through a place where you just think that you're clouded with difficulty, as the Bible says, you're, you're about, you feel that I'm about to drown in these trials, in this tribulation, I want you to say, don't see them as intruders. God is working something out before. He is setting a table in the midst of all those trials. I want God to bless you and increase you. I want God to give you the strength to go through it and not run through it so you do not repeat the same class. 
I declare that you will graduate with flying colors and you will be a help to those who are around you. This we believe and so it shall be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.